basically which please stop subconsciously hating yourself shooting all over yourself and for the love of goddess stop thinking you have to do it all on your own this witch is haha here to help Find me on sexandthesynchronicity.com for coaching, courses, card pulls, and deep XX exploration through erotic art. Fortune favors the bold, so be bold, be that witch, and head to sexandthesynchronicity.com. Hey witches, Leah here. You know my all-time favorite thing to talk about is manifestations, synchronicities, and going for the goals. So if you're ready to put your feminine energy in the front seat and whoa manifest some sh**, wait, are you really gonna bleep out sh**? I can't say sh**, this is my commercial. Anyway, what are you waiting for? It's can or never. Join my four-week manifestation course, buy my deck, art, and more by going to www.leahknauer.com. L-E-A-H-K-N-A-U-E-R.com. Hey, witches. You're listening to Basic Witches Podcast. I'm Rachel LaForest. I'm Leah Knauer, and today is a joy. Um fun story about our guest today Blake McIver I went on his podcast the con artist podcast I had so much fun talking to him about manifestation him and his co-host Allison and it was so fun um and the whole time talking to him I was thinking like this guy looks just like the guy from Full House and Little Rascals which I was obsessed with both of those things growing up so I knew and then after the whole podcast, I found out that it was him. It was for the best, though, because I would have fangirled. Um, <laughs> but he's so cool. Leah, that's and- so funny. <laughs> I love I love Full House. I did a full year project on Mary-Kate and Ashley and how they were, like, the youngest billionaires. Like, they were entrepreneurs. Anyway, that's a whole other episode. Um <laughs> But you guys are going to love Blake. He's so much fun. Yeah, and Leah Leah held it together. Like, the, she, she did so good. <laughs> um, yeah, we got into, like, what is real? What are the stories you're telling yourself? Uh, and we just laughed a lot and had fun. And you're going to love the ride with us. Um, if we're your ride or die, give us a shout out on iTunes with a five-star review. That would mean so much to us. And beyond that, we would love to connect with you on Patreon. When you join the Basic Witches Patreon Coven for very little money, you get a card reading, you get shout outs on the podcast, and you get to message one-on-one with us. It's a truly like connective space. It's taking the joy you get on this podcast and then getting it like IRL interactive. Exactly. Theater. And and no, you we're get, not. Yeah. <laughs> and you get ad-free videos. So you'll get to watch the interviews that happen. It's like you're hanging out with us, zoom in um with us. So yeah, hopefully we'll see you in the Patreon Coven and just learn to enjoy the flip and just flip it on out. <laughs> with Blake McIver. Um, I had a fun idea today that we would start with a happy thought. This is a jar (gasps) of like little pieces of papers that I have on my altar. And I was like, it'd be fun to just start. Let's start with a happy thought. Oh, yeah. Oh, and we don't have to come up with it. It's going to tell us. Yeah. That's the best part. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for this. All right. Here's our... uh, opening reading let the good times roll oh <laughs> blake immediate thoughts i mean laissez les bon temps rouler oh i feel like i'm i feel like i'm in i feel like i'm in new orleans it's perfect yeah. <laughs> let the true. good times roll true <laughs> it is a choice sometimes to let them let the good times roll. Allow it. Mm-hmm. Allow them to. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part, right? 
<laughs> yeah, it's absolutely isn't it funny that that's hard though. It's kind of a it's kind of a comedy. This life. Like, how are you? How are you feeling? Because we just had a full moon in Aquarius. I know I've been very emotional. This is a safe space if you want to talk about your feelings. I know I need to. Definitely, definitely. I've been very emotional. Like uh, last week, I went to see Christina Aguilera at the Hollywood Bowl. I'm and so jealous. How was it? Incredible. But oh. like just just the intro of The Voice Within started and I started pouring tears. I think everyone in my section was like, he's going through something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, young girl, don't cry, but I'm crying already. Yes. Oh <laughs> I'm so glad it's not just me. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. It's a vibe. Like where like what will the vibe be when this comes out in like a month, you know? Cause we're it's always weird. Like we're recording this, like Leah said, right? right after the Aquarius full moon. Mm -hmm. But speaking of Aquarius, like we're entering the age of Aquarius. And I, I refreshed my knowledge on this recently. And like, I guess this is like the 60th year of trying to get into the age of Aquarius. It's been, the entry has been going on for a long time, but we keep kind of missing it. But to me, it truly feels like this is when it finally happens. Wait, mm. question, what yeah. do you mean by missing it? And what do we okay, do because, to allow it to, yeah. Because it's on the collective consciousness to level into Aquarius from Pisces into Aquarius, which mm. requires like a ton of individual consciousnesses to do the work. And finally we're like, it seems like we really are. And I think like quarantine helped force that hand, like facing the shit um, mm. in a good way. And I think like, the astrologers say on the other attempts to entry, like we didn't raise it. it. We went back. We kept like trying and going back. That could explain all these emotions. Like I know many people right now that are, whether they have a period or not, they've just been very <laughs> emotional. And it's like, yes. so the time, I, I don't know. Yeah. So my takeaway is that when Rado and Ragni wrote Hair and told us that this was the dawning of the age of Aquarius, they were basically lying. Well, they're like it's a long dawn. It's like a dawn. Like this is yeah. not this is not a Lion King sunrise. This is no. like we're gonna be waiting. It's in real time. Like, <laughs> wait, were you, you ever in? Were you ever in hair, Blake? No, no I wasn't, okay. and I've always wanted to. Always uh, wanted to. Who would you be? I was gonna ask. Oh, I'm I'm a Claude for sure. Yeah, definitely. Leah, definitely. did you I ever do a production hair? of hair? No. But okay. I saw it when I was like 12 with my mom at like a regional theater. And I was like, whoa, hippie. Oh, I feel like that's for sure when I would have been alive if I could choose, you know, wait, like the 70s. Hairspray, right? No, hair. hair. No, hair. Oh, that's, I was thinking hairspray in my head. <laughs> oh, okay. You're like, I don't remember a Claude in I, hairspray. I was thinking like, <laughs> who is that? <laughs> Who's that guy? No, I have done hairspray. I've been in oh. that. <laughs> nice. Where were you in hairspray? Yeah. I was Link. Of Lake? Course. Oh, Link. Of course. Yes, yes, Link. of course. <laughs> What's your okay. favorite musical you've been in, Blake? Because I know you you are an aficionado like me. I am. I'm, I'm, I am a lover of all things musical. Um, probably the most rewarding uh, show I ever did was chess. I played the American Freddie in chess, and it's one of the hardest scores I've ever sung in my life and legitimately one of the most rewarding experiences. Wow. What, what I've never made even it, heard of that. Yeah. And what made it so rewarding? The difficulty? I, the difficulty and the people that, that that show is really fringe and the people that it attracts mm. love it so much. And so it's it's like this puzzle that you have to put together because it's never really worked, the show. It's never really been a hit. Like it was, a, it was sort of a hit as an album uh, in the 70s or late 70s, early 80s. And then it kind of had many incarnations. And so it's every time somebody takes on the material, it's like you're having to reinvent the wheel. And wow. so that was what was so fun and everybody was game and it was just it's i mean so difficult and so cool and people that came to the show were like we did not know that this was what that was about <laughs> i was like exactly it's really cool i bet that collaboration because it's such a hard show with like a tarnished past <laughs> made you you made you all feel this like bond of co-creation more than a show that's like we know what, what marks we're hitting Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. It's, there's so many question marks in that, in that piece, in that score that you just kind of have to band together and make it work. <laughs> yes. That's why Leah and I love musical improv. Cause it's really co-creation. Like, yes. 
it's uh-huh. question marks uh-huh. like that. <laughs> yeah. Jumping in. On oh, the yeah. fly, collab, um, yeah. And Blake, you've been acting, can I say your whole life? Just about, that's yeah. that's about fair. Yeah, I started when yeah. I was five, so. Wow. <laughs> wow. I didn't even realize what, like, how young you were. When you look back on when you started, what's been like the spiritual journey of your performance life or just being an actor in general? Um, it's been an interesting journey full of, it's been a roller coaster to, to be perfectly honest. Um, cause we're not going to pull any punches here. No, no. <laughs> we're going to tell the real story. Yes. Um, so I got, I got very lucky very early. Um, and I'm very clear about that. Um, and then the skill had to catch up to the raw talent. Um, but I was given so many opportunities that others were not in a very specific moment. Um, and I mm-hmm. filled a very specific void that um, now when I look back at, I go, oh, that's interesting. We were in a very bizarre um, coded sexuality period in the early nineties. And uh-huh. I was a safe because I was a child. So there was no sexualization. I was an easy mark to put queer coding into certain characters. Now, I did not understand that at all as a child, but when I came into my adolescence and I was really grappling with sexuality and grappling with how that um, tied into my spirituality, uh, that's when I got really confused and really bitter because I felt like I had been outed before I had the opportunity to come to terms with my own self. And so that was the probably the darkest spiritual dip in in the journey but having so still having so much gratitude for the opportunities that I was given because I would not go back and change it for anything mm. even though I made lots of sacrifices mm-hmm. um but the sacrifices actually were mine my parents were both in show business they had no interest in pushing me they were not stage parents at all um it was the complete opposite of that you know child actor story that you hear over and over again i had to push mm-hmm. i had to be like nope i want to go to the audition my mom would be mm-hmm. like really the play date's getting canceled i'm like yeah nope we're going to the audition so it really was was a was it, i pushed the 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 bus um from behind so to speak um but you, still, you realize as an adult that there are still emotional and um life sacrifices that you have to come to terms with you know i kind of thought when i was in my late teens early 20s like oh i'm fine you know i didn't have the damage i didn't have the child actor thing nobody made me do this but then you have to grapple with the fact that like you made yourself do it and there's still quite a bit of growth and therapy and Mm -hmm. and that you know you have to come to terms with with your own adulthood because essentially i was an adult at, at eight so yes. sorry, that was a really long-winded answer to a fairly simple. No, question. this is no, it was so a big question too. Yeah, <laughs> it's a big question, and and you had such a unique experience that is talked about so much, like child actors and mm-hmm. and what that life is like. So yeah, this is fascinating. Thank you for speaking on it. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's really like well, anytime gender is whatever, but anytime like a a, a man or like talks about accountability it's just like such a turn on like no matter the sexuality the gender whatever but like if i'm like you know if i hear like a masculine energy saying i'm accountable and like i i have regrets and gratitude at the same time i just love this emotional intelligence well thank you when did, it's, yeah, been, a, it's you... been a journey to get there let yeah, me tell you of course. <laughs> it was not easy i'm sure when did you start to have those like um that introspection of the business and kind of what you've already done and then deciding to still move forward because you still perform and you still love it. Right. It started in high school, actually, because I had a very I had a very strange high school experience. After I finished, I, I, I was in the show, uh, the U.S. premiere of the show Ragtime for uh, for about a year and a half. And when I left that show, I, I, I was at that weird age where you're like 13 turning 14 and you know oh that's that was and that was the period that was like the height that was like the birth of the new cw kind of shows Mm -hmm. where everybody in high school was 35. Uh, (laughs) yes there was was really nothing like like you know you you hear about that that age being difficult and it has been for many generations of child actors but in that particular moment where it was like 99 2000 turn it really was like 
no. You are awkward, you are 14, you have pimples on your face, and there's really nothing for you on television. So I started doing a lot of voiceover work <laughs> and a lot of animated work, um, which was really fun because I had never gotten to do that yeah. in a large uh, part. So I was I was doing two different shows mm -hmm. at the time, one for Nickelodeon, and it was when I didn't have to be on camera and I didn't have to see myself back that I started the reflection process, right? Whoa. And also I went to a Baptist high school in the middle of Los Angeles, which is a whole nother crazy thing that that even existed. Thankfully it doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I found this, you know, I was, I was very much a, you know, grew up in the church and was, was very religious, so to speak. And I, I was first confronted mm. with the hypocrisy of organized religion with this school. Cause we were, we were a private school and we were the drug capital of the San Fernando Valley because we were where all the public schools came to get their drugs. Whoa, and we, what? Were, we were a mess. Like it was, it was the biggest mess. Dang. And yet we were all at chapel, you know, sing and shout to the Lord on Tuesday. So it was, <laughs> I was so overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, I've been sold a lie for so many years. And that was the first time that I was really, really bullied in an aggressive way, like where I could be attacked for the assumption of gay because mm. it was a Christian environment. And so that was wrong. So they were, so the teachers nine times out of 10 sided with the aggressor. And so I became a kind of a nightmare. Mm. I, be, I became so, my walls came up so thick and I became so aggressive and mean because I thought, you know what, you might be able to physically tear me down, but if I can assault you with my words and also get by with that because you can't prove anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I kind of I kind of became a monster out of necessity. And then in college, I had to unlearn that because I showed up at UCLA and I was like in the theater department and everybody was like me, literally everyone. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, and suddenly the things that I had done as a kid that were so maligned and so mocked throughout my entire schooling became these, these, this incredible calling card in college. And everybody was yes. like, oh my God, tell me about this and tell me about that. And what was this like? And I, I, I was, I, I didn't yes. even know, I didn't even know how to talk to my peers at that point. Cause I was wow. so like, I'm not, I'm not cutting you with words. What, what do I do? I, I, I guess That's hi. That's the power of. That's the power of finding your tribe, right? And of finding a community that like vibes with you. And it feels like, oh, I've been quote normal the whole time. I just didn't have people around me that were that same kind of quote normal. Mm. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And my friend- There is that, no normal. No, there's no normal. <laughs> um, and my friend that I met on day one of orientation at UCLA is still one of my closest friends oh. to this day. And is like one of the mirrors in my life that like, he has always been so honest with me and met me right where I was in that moment and has has stood by me through a, many positive changes to hopefully a much more evolved human than he met that day. <laughs> but it's been one of the relationships in my life that is a touchstone because it, it's so necessary to have those mirrors and have those, those accurate reflections. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had to um downsize or cut off relationships that aren't supportive of you loving yourself? Because I think that's what it is. It's like, do you support me loving me? Right? Right. Yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, there, there was a lot of, um, yeah, there was a lot of that. And it's, it's tricky every time. I actually wrote a song about it. Oh my God. <laughs> that's on my first album um and it's called that was not a shameless plug even though it no really no sounded, please they sound attacking we want to know <laughs> but it's this yeah. song it's called the bad guy and it was literally about when you have that moment and sometimes it's in romantic relationships but a lot of times it's in friendships as well where you have to say i'm gonna allow myself to be the bad guy in your yes. like that's my parting gift to you is when you tell the story you get to let me be the bad guy because i need to be free of this i love that love that so much i'm like i've i've had this mantra lately goodbye good girl i mean mm -hmm. not lately like the past five years but like <laughs> because i need to accept being perceived as the bad guy exactly like you're saying mm -hmm. if i'm actually gonna uphold my self-love if I'm actually going to stick up for what I deserve. Right. 
I'm going to have to be the bad guy. I'm going to have to be not liked, which yes. as a recovering perfectionist, that's been a challenge. <laughs> Same. I've come a long way. Yeah. It, it, it's tough. It's tough. And I think we have such a fear of other people's stories of us. Right. And once yeah. we accept that those stories are completely out of our control, <laughs> then, then we can tell our own. Truly. Yes. They truly As are I've gotten completely. older, I, like, I look at TMZ and tabloids so differently because I remember these are just humans writing this. Like these are just humans perceiving things most of the time false and just mm -hmm. like writing it and then printing it as fact where it's like there is no fact in this world yeah like, kind of. i know, you know? like we're all living in our own reality yeah i know i i feel leah your hesitation in saying that because you're you're not like a conspiracy there, there fact. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you are correct that like it's all these individual perceptions of reality trying to interact and coexist mm -hmm. i mean i fall down rabbit holes like this all the time in right. my mind where i'm we like go. where i'm like wait wait is this blue really the way you see blue like blake i think that same one that's so funny and then in my really like not generous moments i think about like you know people that cut you off in traffic and everything i'm like Okay, so if you go through life, like just assuming that you have the right of way in all times, like, how do you see the world? Like, do you hate people? Uh -huh. like, like, instead of road rage, uh -huh. I have these thoughts. Yes. <laughs> like compassion, road compassion. Road, well, road for, like road psych psychology. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Road psychoanalysis. First. <laughs> yes. Love it. What is their perception of reality? No, totally. Like, right, right. And then there's the stories. I love that you brought up stories, like, because mm -hmm. there's also the stories. Everything's a story in like a in consciousness mind. So we also tell ourselves stories. And like, mm -hmm. I've been learning about this viewpoint of the ego that the ego is like your employee, not your boss. You don't need to kill the ego. You don't need to hate the ego. It mm. does help you survive, but you also don't have to believe everything it says because it gets into a story. Mm. Like it gets into a running story and it's like, what story is my ego believing? It's really good to check in on that. That's powerful. Cause mm -hmm. I feel like we've been and sold. Story, we've, we've been sold stories. a story. Oh yeah. Oh, big time. What were you going to say, Al? Oh, the stories that we tell ourselves are often stories that someone once told us. So it's almost like we're right. retelling stories and not even writing our own story until you become conscious of this. And that's through therapy, self-care, yes. spirituality, all of this stuff that allows you to look at yourself and ask yourself questions. Yes. And another way I've heard the ego um, and the ego and I think the subconscious phrase differently is like the ego is the actor the, I don't know, the self is the writer. I don't know, you gotta be like in mm. the writer position like you're saying and kind of mm. keep track of the actor, which we all here relate to. Oh my gosh, <laughs> We're all like, both. I'm, I'm the writer and performer of my own life. Yes. Right. Right. Yes, I love that. And, and that sometimes you have to tell that actor to like chill. Yes, yes. <laughs> We've all been there. You gotta be the yes. director as well. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, honey, are you playing every part so, that's written for you? Like, we don't have time for that. I'm gonna oh. write one. Okay. Right. Share I love stage. that. I love that because I feel um, like ego so has been. You... Oh, sorry. No, please. I got, continue. I got delayed. Um, I feel like the ego has been uh, zoom so, delay always throws it off. So villainized, right? Right. Like, like, like we've always we've seen that in a lot of psychology work and a lot of self care work is like this great antagonist that we have to overcome. So I love reframing it like that. That it is no, it's it's the ego is your employee. So yes handle them with care <laughs> yes and, and you respect. need them mm -hmm. and you do need them to work yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally so you grew up baptist going to this baptist high school when did how do you define your spirituality now and like what does that look like to you 
So I think of myself as a very spiritual person and um, the spirituality took a long time to get to um, because the religion polluted it so much for so many years. And what was interesting is I, I came from a very uh, liberal show business family. My, my, my mom moved to LA in 67 to dance on the Dean Martin show. And she did variety television for years. Uh, she was in Smoking the Bandit with Burt Reynolds. She, I mean, she like had this phenomenally fabulous career, right? And then my dad was an independent producer turned writer turned studio executive. So he had like that power Hollywood journey. Um, so they were really like real showbiz people. Um, and then when I turned five and I was just starting to work, they started going to the church that was attached to the school that they were putting me into because they were like, well, you know, we've always been like sort of adjacent Episcopalian, my dad was, and my mom was like, I'm sort of Methodist because I'm from Texas. And so it was just like very, <laughs> very random. And that's when they really got in, involved in the church. And so I had this weird sort of, I watched a conversion. <laughs> Yeah. that was very powerful for them because they had lived their, you know, so, so much of their lives and careers and, um, and they were looking for a, a, a strong spiritual center and they found that there, but for a child to suddenly be thrown into this world of dogma is the yes. best way I can really describe it. Um, and suddenly, you know, dealing with these things like baptism and, you know, uh, rules of rules yeah yeah and fear you know it's it's all i i find that so much evangelicalism is based in fear mongering which is brainwashing let's let's call oh, yeah. a spade a spade you know oh yeah it's like it is what it is yeah. um it's control and it's fear mongering and and so and i and i kind of bought it pretty pretty hardcore for for quite a few years um and then i was just kind of stuck in the rut and so even when i started to doubt and disbelieve i was still going through all the motions because it's so easy to perform evangelicalism right yes. um it's a performance and, and in some ways it's a performance art ah! <laughs> because... <laughs> some people are very committed oh yeah that's true um, and so I had to really get in touch with what do I, how do I actually see the universe? Like, what is my worldview? Because I'd just been told what it was. And I went, well, in order to not go to hell, I have to accept this as, as fact. Um, and so mm -hmm. funny enough, I, I was reading The Color Purple, mm -hmm. uh, Alice Walker's brilliant, brilliant novel. And I, when she describes the presence of God in 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 the plant in the soil in the you know when she breaks it down you know when when Shug is talking to Seeley and it's it's just so um it's such a communion uh to to steal a Christian word <laughs> it's such a it's such a communion of divinity and I was like oh that's how I feel when I'm performing that's how I feel when I'm on stage and I have an energy exchange with the audience I'm not up here on a pedestal, we are in a divine moment of exchange. I was like, oh, oh, that's God. Oh, I get it now. And so, so I, it's to, to whittle it down to the lowest common denom denominator. I'm always saying to people like, well, Alice, well, I, I, I subscribe to the church of Alice Walker. Yes! She, she would, she would be horrified. <laughs> Right, she wouldn't want anyone to make a church out of her. No, but, but. she'd be so mad. But that's that. It was that. It was that passage in that chapter that really got me reconnected to uh, to what my spirituality was uh, and freedom from the religious aspects that I uh, had been sort of mm. enforced. Yes, mm. man. And enforce they do. I mean, clearly it's working. It it works. The method it does. works. <laughs> I got got, I got got for a lot of years too. <laughs> like, they tried to get me, but I ran away. Too much a witch. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. <laughs> but but the performance art that immediately brings me back to what is it called? I was Methodist. See, I don't even remember that. That says a lot. Yeah. Not a communion. Um, is it a communion? When you like eat and drink Rename. No. Oh, the body confirmation. the blood. oh confirmation yeah confirmation See, <laughs> did you do like, that i was just going yes i did it and i was just going through the motions the whole time because my parents wanted me to because my mom is the daughter of a pastor so it was like i have to but i never believed it or felt yeah. it or no it all just felt so 
wrong. And now I, as I've gotten older, I understand more and more why it always felt just wrong in my gut. Yeah. And the, the fear base, like you said, at a certain point I picked up on that. Yeah. It was so interesting. Okay. Actually thinking about it, this makes sense because before age about 12, 13, they got me because I was like a little kid. No, 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 sorry. They didn't get me because what I would do is like squirmy worm, go under the pew bench, like not pay attention, draw, doodle. But then around 12, 13, the fucking youth group came in with the pizza parties mixed with the fear. It's like they give you something good and then they like scare you that you're going to hell. And and like <laughs> masturbation is a sin. And I was like, oh my God, I've already been masturbating for like five years. Oh. Like, um, <laughs> Then I found my way out again where I had the realization of like, it doesn't make sense that they're telling me the things that feel good are bad. My body was like, that doesn't make sense. And then I could somehow pick up on all the misogyny, even though I didn't have sources mm -hmm. educating me that like it, that's what it was. I think your body just knows sometimes. I think that's exactly what I felt, but I didn't have the words for it oh. like at the time, you know? Yeah. Did you guys have youth groups? Fun. Yes. Oh, yes. Parents dropped and me off and I had to go. I fucking hated it. And I found that the purity culture of that period, that that very like, we're gonna make we're gonna make praise hip and emo yes. and cool and <laughs> We're gonna have like lock-ins and skate nights and yeah, like- Yeah, lock-ins, oh my God. <laughs> but with that, there was a reinforcement of patriarchy in that oh. because girls were told that they were the gatekeepers of purity. <sighs> that like- that, that It's boys, all in them. Yes, boys couldn't control mm -hmm. themselves. So <sighs> it was you. it was on you girls and like the horrifying nature of that and what that does to an adolescent psyche and what that does yes. to boys. And then as a not even realizing queer child at the time, what that does to that experience. And you go, okay, well, I don't fit into either of those binaries. So right. where, where I guess I'm just burning unless I just am chased for the rest of my life. <sighs> it's, it's crazy. <gasps> yeah. God, you just hit the nail on the head. All the times I was told to like wear some kind of swimsuit, some kind of short, like all, all these requirements with my clothing. And I was, I always had boobs. So I was just a target easy because it was just instantly sexualized. And I had to change what I was doing and wear like a oversized polo because boys quote, <sighs> can't control themselves. Mm -hmm. Oh, it makes me so it's, mad. It's so gross. Did Ugh. you see the movie Moxie, Blake? Mm -mm. Oh, you oh, like it. So yeah, you like it. This. Putting yeah. it on the list. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they got me with the scavenger yeah. hunts and the prizes oh, and the pizza. Gosh. So many incentives. <laughs> free so many food. Incentives. Free food. Just like that was uh -huh. like my. If there was free food, I was there. <laughs> I was a really easy mark in that way. <laughs> They had me during the summer because I enjoyed all the summer activities. But the minute it turned October, I've always been a Halloween baby. And I was like, take your trunk or treat and shove it. Take your harvest festival and shove it. Like, <laughs> I am celebrating Halloween. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, in what ways do you love Halloween? Because that's very witchy. It is very witchy, right? And I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even... Um, I didn't even really put that together. For me, it was the performative aspect of it. It was the oh. costumery of it all. It uh -huh. was the, you know, it was, it was again, like being lucky enough to have access to like my dad's studio and going to like oh. costume houses and crap like that, that what's, most kids didn't get to most, do. What's the most like iconic Halloween party or Halloween you've ever had? Like the first one that comes to mind. So I hosted a Halloween party every single year from junior high through high school because I was so upset by the by the culture of my high school, and um, I was the <laughs> the president of the theater club, yes. and so I was the place where all the freaks and all the nerds <laughs> and all of the disenfranchised would come, and so I was like, you come to my house we draped the garage in black duvetine from my dad's studio yes. we decorated we had smoke machines and and all of the things and right. and we'd watch young frankenstein 
Because <laughs> I was like, in this house, we Mel, we we watch Mel Brooks, so deal with it if, if your parents are upset. Um, and so that was the place where everybody could come and you could dress however you wanted to, and it was it was so much fun. And uh, I it want was an invite anytime. <laughs> I need to bring them back actually, because because um, it was so it was so cool. And when everybody was yeah. doing the like you know the typical like like the Mean Girls party, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that Halloween right. party, and that was like everywhere. And I was like. That's not Halloween to me. <laughs> yeah, you're an enthusiast. You like. I'm, like I'm like, try to actually frighten me. That that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a fan of American Horror Story then? I am very me much too. so. I mean, I, I mean, I, of course I, I complain and bitch about it like it's a sporting event, you know? I, <laughs> where is this going? What is happening? Right. But, uh, but, uh, but I'm a major fan. So it's, it's yeah. there, there's my hypocrisy, right? I love, yeah. I love to watch it and scream at it. Yep. That's yep, me yep, with yep. The Bachelor. That's why I love The Bachelor. Do you watch, are you watching? I'm not. Housewives, Real Housewives is my, that's my football. <laughs> um, so I, I can't, nice. I, 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 I don't have time for baseball season, which is uh, the, That's the so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Baseball, I don't get it. Well, sports. I can't believe I played college basketball for one year. Like, it seems wow. so. I guess I can believe it because I was living a life I thought I should live based on mm. what, what like my sister had done and being mm. like kind of in her footsteps. Um, but it's so not me. Like I'm not a sports person. <laughs> no. My sports career ended very early. My mom put me in soccer and uh, I loved being a goalie because I just thought the goal was like my little proscenium. And so while they were off doing that, I was like rehearsing routines and <laughs> it is like singing a and dancing. Totally. That and so she- was a cheerleader. Performance. Singing and dancing. This mm -hmm. is true. It's perform that's, yeah, that's just and a show. Mm -hmm. And that I liked. I did that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was to me the perfect blend of performing, but also like athleticism and like my moving my body. Like my cheerleading team was really intense. Wait, it it's stunts, and so I weird it so that much. we're talking about cheerleading because I had Why? a really vivid dream that I was thrifting and I found the cheerleading uniform that I used to wear in high school. And, and the, the thing of the dream was that I was finding it piece by piece, like Ooh. first the top oh. and then realizing, oh, the skirt is here too. And it's in like perfect condition and the colors and the sparkles, everything was like accurate in this dream. Um, do you, are you guys what having any that, crazy? What do you think that means for you? I didn't think anything of it until right now it's a little synchronistic. We're talking about cheerleading, mm -hmm. saying it to you guys. I can hear how it could be. Um, I have family in town piecing together childhood pieces, mm -hmm. was looking at the scrapbook the other day. So it could be like nostalgic pieces. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I read something once that in our, in our dreams space that our subconscious, when we have dreams about our past, we, I, I read this amazing thing, and I don't know if it's true for everything, because I've definitely had some dreams that don't fall into this category, but it said you only take what you need to go forward. So if you're taking pieces, you either need to deal with them or there's something good that you might have forgotten that you want to bring with you. Um, that it's almost like we're on this subconscious journey and we only take the things that we're actually going to need and the other stuff we need to just drop. That is interesting. I that. So I don't know what that means for you. I'm not a dream interpreter, but. <laughs> <laughs> but like we all are, humans are, because right. it is just our subconscious. So right. we kind of are. Yeah. And yeah, I've been, I've been loving this concept that the awake time is a dream as well, since so much of it is run and interpreted by the subconscious. And like, there's this idea that by getting more conscious, like awakening, you know, doing the work, paying attention, you can learn to lucid dream in the waking dream and have more Whoa. of an effect on your reality. How? Isn't that cool? How? Well, it's, it's all the subconscious work. So it's like, it's basically just unrepressing these dark, dirty things in the subconscious, letting them be okay, like accepting them not trying to get rid of them, but embracing them. You know, this this is a concept in existential kink, which listeners have heard a lot about. <laughs> but for Blake, um, 
Existential Kink is this book by Dr. Carolyn Elliott, all about uh, unrepressing the subconscious. Ooh. Yes. And actually, actually finding a way to have pleasure in angst, pain, drama of life, mm. plot twists in your life, actually finding a way to have pleasure in that. Mm. Instead of yeah. just wanting to rush it or to like get to the good feelings. Right. It's kind of yeah. hot. Which is inherently, it, yeah, very kinky, actually. It is, yeah. right? That's why she titled it that. <laughs> it's so great. It That's is so kinky. Smart. Yeah, it's like BDSM. For yeah. Of course, Ra- Rachel's the Scorpio. So, Blake, I'm curious. <laughs> what what are your signs? <laughs> I am an Aries. Yes. Um, yeah, a March 27th, like, textbook Aries. Like, <laughs> the, ra- the ram is strong. Oh, well, um, that makes sense with you pushing the bus. When you, like you said, yeah. when you were a kid, <laughs> you're like, gonna make this happen there's those horns just do you Um, feel like you're a leader like do you totally take on aries well you host the parties i mean yeah wow yeah yeah. and and really my my heart passion you know number one thing even though i've done a bunch of different stuff in in entertainment is really i'm a director at heart that's that's what i that's what i feel i do best Mm -hmm. um even though i've done a lot of different things and i find joy and passion in a lot of different aspects of 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 entertainment that's really my at my core you know i want the both the uh frightening responsibility and uh pleasure of uh driving the driving the ship yeah what what's your dream thing to direct i have a few dream projects um but you know it's there's so many like shows that I'd love to get my hands on. Um, I'm getting to do one of them this fall, which I'm very excited about. I'm I'm going to the, to the University of Mississippi of all places, and um, I'm directing the Light in the Piazza for their opera department. Oh my gosh, um, amazing! I'm so excited because I love the show. I've done the show and I've produced the show, but I've never directed it. So it's it's a big, uh, exciting thing. Um, but I. So I have a laundry list of shows like that that I would love to get my hands on, but I think I'm most excited for the the possibility opportunity to direct something new, mm. you know, some, some new piece like that. Yeah. Just just to be able to, you know, um, be really? the carto- cartographer of the whole thing. It, it would yeah. be so exciting. Oh yeah, and so it is. <laughs> and so, so it is. It is. <laughs> Do you believe that you manifest? Yes. And uh, this was something that was when when we had uh, Leah on uh, my uh, podcast, The Con Artist, um, we talked so much about a tangible manifestation. And I was so inspired talking to her about this. And I felt afterwards so much more uh, free and also connected to what it actually means. It was so it, it. I can't tell you how much it's helped and how much how many times I've thought of you and I've thought of your cards and I've, I've thought of the conversation we had since we had it and how how much that has informed the past few months of my life truly and I'm not exaggerating here because it was uh, once we sort of got the woo woo out of it uh-huh. and I was and I was able to look at the tangible aspects of manifestation it changed the whole way I meditate the whole way I uh, you know, try and go into a trance, all of that. It just changed. It was, it was really brilliant. So I can't thank you enough. Truly. That means so fucking much. I'm on the verge of tears. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to hear that. Like, I'm so happy to hear that it is Mm. so tangible and it does get dismissed so often because manifesting is such a buzzword, but it truly is tangible. It's your mindset. And then your mindset controls everything in your life and this stuff takes work it's work for me even like i'm in a dark period right now so then hearing you say that right now i'm like okay you know mm-hmm. even like it ebbs and flows and i'm gonna get back in it but it's a journey and it takes so much work but it's it so really worth does it. so it's worth so it worth it so worth it mm-hmm. mm. that's so beautiful well and i really believe that like this fall is a is a direct um, results of that work because I, you know, I had been, I had, I had been really gun shy. I had a really dark period the year before the pandemic. So once mm. we got into COVID, I was like, oh well, great. And things haven't been so hot <laughs> for a year already. So like, let's do this. What's happening? Um, but I had been so guarded about um, 
really telling myself my the, the desires of my heart oh. and what where, mm. what I wanted to do. And when we after we had that conversation, mm. I, every week I continued to go. You know what? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna weigh the risk. I'm gonna expose mm -hmm. my heart. I'm gonna be vulnerable. I'm gonna say the thing, even if it doesn't happen, because it's what I really want. And then this thing came about, so I'm directing, and then uh, a, a, a cabaret dropped into my lap that I'm directing before I even leave to go oh. to Mississippi. So it's like, so here I am having this dry spell of like three wow. years of not being able to really connect to anything I was passionate about, and then bam. Wow. So it is, it is, it's powerful. It's really powerful. And it's so much more than just, you know, the secret. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. that's so good to hear you honestly share that there was a dry spell. You know, it's like, that's okay. And we have this culture of instant gratification. Yeah. And it's like, the biggest question I feel like I get people, from people about manifesting or or sex magic manifesting because that's more my specialty mm. um is like why didn't it happen yet when will it happen and it's like mm. the time thing is no like no mm. the time thing no you actually have to do things that get you to forget about time guess what gets you to forget about time usually creating yeah doing things that have passion, a passion. Fun. yes pleasure having yes. fun and trusting, yes. trusting, choosing that's like the to trust, part. choosing yes. to trust that it's yes. all going to happen in its own perfect timing. All you can do is enjoy right now and take little small actions and like life becomes so much more fun. Yes. Mm. Oh my gosh. And I think this helps people like realize that manifestation is real. Mm -hmm. This idea that actually you've been man you, you're manifesting all the time because most Every of it day. happens in your subconscious yes so all the patterns you're repeating you drew them in you are driving the ship when, when <laughs> you really see it it's wild like to see it from a bird's eye view when you boil it down really really small every single thing you do is a choice and like yes. if you're tired at 1 p.m you're like oh, oh what I'm speaking for myself this time all the time. I'm like, oh, why am I so tired? And then my boyfriend would be like, well, did you eat? I'm like, no. And like, I eat. I feel better. And it's like every single thing is a choice. I should have and could have ate, but right. like I wasn't aware of or didn't choose to be aware of that need. Right. And all of this, like every single choice is, is a choice. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and, and we're always manifesting, like we're mm -hmm. always or ordering something. It's just like, are you paying attention mm -hmm. and deciding, or are you like believing the stories and drawing in what you were told you should want, or you think you deserve mm -hmm. because of all this negative shit that's happening in the background. It's just seeming, I don't know, you guys, I'm like on this. I'm on this threshold right now where I'm like, humans, what have we done? Slash, it's all a fucking game. Right. Wake up, realize you're in a game, realize you have uh, access within you to choices and control panels. Mm-hmm. Do you guys feel me? Yeah, Absolutely. we're all playing N64. A or B yes. or Z or sometimes X. It's really confusing. Select. So yes. button. Yeah. <laughs> And I feel like for a lot of people, it's like there. A lot of people are having that Maze Runner moment where like the gates opened. Yes. Yeah. And, and during the pandemic, I think specifically, people mm -hmm. are like, "Oh right, so so the, so it's rigged. It, yes. It's it's all rigged. So we need to be more cognizant and be yes. more powerful." Yes. Great movie. I think I need to rewatch that one soon. They were really great. Those movies, yes. like funny, uh -huh. like funny enough, they kind of like fell under the radar for some reason, and they're great, like I really great. Agree, agree. Agreed. I love young adult trilogy series, yes. like yes. Games, <gasps> Maze Runner. Yeah. I'm about to make my boyfriend watch Twilight the series, wow. and I cannot fucking wait. <laughs> wow, that's like. Wow, that's like more than 10 years old, the first one at this point. Uh -huh. yeah. I'm telling him to watch it with the eyes of a 14-year-old girl and then he'll <laughs> understand where I was coming from, why the obsession, why it still is here today. <laughs> I actually read the books and I don't feel like I, you know, like I never finished reading Harry Potter, but I did mm -hmm. finish reading Twilight. 
There I read go. the first three of Twilight and I loved it. I read all the Fifty Shades of Grey too. Oh my gosh. Oh, I read <laughs> now. See, I watched Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy first and then went back and watched Twilight because I was like, I want to I want to see the, the fan oh. fiction. <laughs> I want to see how weird this got, and then I'll go back to the source material. Interesting. What That's what did fun. you take away from from seeing it in that way? Yeah. I mean, by the time I got to the you know Breaking Dawn Part Two, I was just like, you know, we're on, we're we're along for the ride. Like, right. sure, sure. Right. She, she's scaling a rock. Great. Uh, it's fine. Oh it's fine. I'm in. <laughs> the baby, baby Esme, the baby. right at the end is so fucking Renesme. creepy. Yes, yes, so fucking creepy. I know you want the name to just be Esme, but no, right, but Renesme. Renesme. <laughs> it was just, I mean, it just so so fun and so bonkers. I read a tweet yesterday, being like, I wish I could be a fly on the wall because they're all on Netflix right now. I wish I could be a fly on the wall to every household that's discovering Breaking Dawn Part Two for the first. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, there should be like a camera that you can just like, you know, like a live feed you can just access where people can yes. log on and just be like, okay, I'm doing it. Yes. <laughs> they oh my they do that in, um, in Britain, there's a channel where it's like people watching TV. So interesting. Gog Gogglebox. I was on the American version of that show that was I on know, they did it here. We did it for like four seasons on Bravo called The People's Couch. And it was essentially the, it was the same production company. And it was, oh they were taking Gogglebox because it's a huge success in the UK. Um, and has been for years and, and did it, you know, they sort of changed it, put, put a little too much of the Bravo gloss on it for some people's okay. taste, but it was very fun. Oh, and that's hilarious. Easiest job on television. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah watching tv oh my gosh that's so fun <laughs> well blake i think it's time for your reading oh i'm so excited have have you had a reading before or ever i have i've had a couple of readings uh in my lifetime you know maybe like three or four okay, okay. anything to report from those anything's crazy <sighs> happen or just I haven't had a reading in a very long time, and the last time I had one, now looking back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, I see how, kind of, just quickly going off of what you said before, because I was just so inspired by it, um, that, that sort of, when you're making decisions in desperation, and making decisions in, you don't even know you're in a dark place, but you are, mm -hmm. and, and you're, gra you're grabbing at things instead of being open to things, like, I was very much in that place mm. for quite a few years. And so I look back at that and go, oh, no, the readings were accurate. It's my brain that wasn't. Uh, <laughs> what a reflection. Okay. Wow. Yeah, because it's like sometimes you make a choice out of fear and sometimes you make a choice out of trust and yes. um, for your higher self. Mm -hmm. But when you're not in touch with your higher self or when you hate yourself, ultimately, that's when like things can get murky. Mm -hmm. mm. Now, Leah, what deck did you grab? Um, I was feeling drawn to Pride Tarot. Oh, cool. Mm. That's so crazy. I was thinking Tarot. We never, we almost never really? use Tarot. Yeah. Cool. All right, clearing the deck. Blake, is there something on your mind or heart that you would like to ask about? It can be specific or vague. Whatever comes up is usually what you truly want to hear about. Mm. Mm. Um without getting too, into too much specific territory, mm -hmm. there is something, um, there is something on my heart that I'm very excited about and um, that I feel in some years past, I've been very restrained about and I forcibly pushed it down and I'm feeling like I'm finally able to access it, but there's still a little fear. Mm -hmm. And so I wanna just, um, I just wanna know that I can trust the, 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 the little spark so that it can become a flame, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, it does. Absolutely. Let's take a breath. Hold it at the top. Wow, I immediately heard, give my regards to Broadway <laughs> and the old square. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's so much more amazing than what I heard, but I heard Blakey Blake like that and oh. um, something about like emeralds, the color green or emeralds. Maybe it's a necklace. That's weird. Does that mean anything? Hmm, I'm gonna have to think on that. Did, like, your okay. did, did you have a grandma that called you that or something? 
Yes. I mean, my my like grandmother, grandmother well, yeah, very, very well could be. Um, and my grandmother's uh, giant set of emerald jewelry is very much real. So. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever said emerald before with a I mean, jewelry. I mean, she really, it was her fate. It, it is. Um, she's she's still with unfort- us. She's with us, but she's unfortunately like very, m- almost a decade into Alzheimer's. So oh. very, very much not with us anymore. Mm. Um, but but her, yes, her her love of all things emerald. Um, wow. she, had a, and she had the full set, like giant ring, earrings, necklace, wow. the whole Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, time isn't linear, and that could be just, just a little comforting. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay, ready? I did a past, present, future spread. <gasps> Great. So past, all of them were reversed, which I don't think is a bad thing, but it usually means there is some kind of block there. So let's mm-hmm. find out. This is actually the cover of the deck. <gasps> the cover oh, girl. Yeah. Cover, oh, wrong cover. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which I always think is special. That's like um, getting the house burger. Yeah, uh-huh. like what you yes. came for. Yes. Um, it's a sun, there's a butterfly, very rainbow. The sun is like barfing beautiful waves. Very colorful. Okay, so let's see what this says in reverse. Right. Rejoice and embrace the dawn because the glorious sun, the giver of life and good fortune is here to bathe you with happiness and fill you with strength and nobility. Mm-hmm. With the vibrant colors of the rainbow, it foretells rebirth, success, enthusiasm, serenity, spiritual enlightenment, and healing. Enjoy the gaiety and never heard gaiety and warmth the sun brings stand tall in joy and pride let your light shine okay so in regards Mm -hmm. to your question this was your past but it was reversed so maybe you didn't feel that way sorry if that if that makes more sense that makes a lot of sense okay Okay. so blocking that sun from coming in the sun is a major arcana Mm -hmm. too so right okay so here Here's your present. We have the emperor reversed. It's wow, black which is, and white. Yeah, I didn't know there was any black and white cards in that deck. I didn't either. Because okay, all of them are like rainbow. Also a major arcana. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, just wait. Okay, so emperor <laughs> present. The emperor card comes from Jay Caress's studio's deck of lesbian queer major arcana. Sitting mm. upon the throne, the emperor represents authority and leadership. The emperor acknowledges the established structures, but often finds their own way to rule. This card particularly intends to depict a more masculine energy from a powerful female figure, Mm. as you can see with her physical demeanor. Mm. Okay. She's a boss. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then, okay. Also reversed. I'm getting ideas. Mm -hmm. And then... Okay, let's get the full reading and then analyze. Okay. And then the future reversed is the high priestess. These are all major, major arcana. arcana. Big yes. time. Big, and big this cards. Big shit. Okay. Big <laughs> cards. And this one is almost black and white, but it has like a tiny, tiny bit of color. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, Blake, do you want to describe this? I'm seeing like it's a little hard to see through the computer, but mm. it's a, I'm almost seeing like moth wings. Yeah that have a little color on them. Mm-hmm. And then I can't tell what's in the center. Yeah, it looks like there's like the a face. candle. Yeah. Right, okay. a candle mm-hmm. that's being lit. That's what it looks like to me, I mean. And is there some kind of like fruit? I think it's a map actually. Oh. Yeah. Is that fruit? It's beautiful. Is that fruit? is that fruit in the center? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. From the breadth Oh, so this is future high high priestess from the breath of the spirit realm the high priestess brings gifts of wisdom and understanding a guardian of mysteries she holds secrets yet to be discovered within your life urging you to seek the truth of your deepest desires her message is you possess all the intuition you need in making your biggest decisions have faith in yourself and listen to your inner voice. Let go of insecurities that keep you from experiencing all the love and magic that life has to offer. 
You're being called to awaken your inner knowledge and vast inner power. My energy is here to guide you in conquering your fears as you grow even more fully into the courageous person you're meant to be. What a beautiful spread. I mean, what a direct answer to a question. <laughs> to yeah. like the, no, there's nothing vague there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like I know what we're talking about here and I'm interpreting, tell me if this resonates, Blake. Mm -hmm. The fact that they were all reversed and all major arcana tells me like you're having like a, where is my mind? Like you are upside <laughs> down or you need to go upside down and just take the fucking blind. Like it's a very like flip it on its head, see it from the other side, um, turn the lights on, like slash I'm seeing this trajectory of being closed off to receiving in the past mm -hmm. this love that's what i think it is mm -hmm. in the present um being willing to let someone possibly lead more than you and then in the future you're open to all that love and receptivity and wisdom well what's so interesting yes all of that and you had the sun first and then the emperor which is this masculine energy and then to balance it out there was the high priestess so it's like <gasps> you're balancing both of those sides. I don't know if that applies, if maybe one was stronger right. at a time and and then the other got stronger and now like you feel like you're balancing out or maybe you'll feel more balanced out in the future, this upcoming future. I definitely, that really resonates because I definitely have been feeling recently a, 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 a power in connecting to my more feminine energy and, mm. a, and a strength in that yes. um, and, and not being afraid of it. Because I yes. think in the past I was afraid of it. Yes. Um, and I was, you know, I, I grew up around incredibly powerful women and women that, that, that made their own destinies, even in a time where it was not the social norm. Mm -hmm. And I think that I was afraid of that. And, and performative masculinity can be so uh, sly and cunning and look like mm -hmm. it's such a important thing. <laughs> and it's, it's so not, and, <laughs> and being able to divorce myself of that has been yes. great yeah. as well. Um, it, yeah, so I definitely, that, mm. that balance is, yeah. And that middle card said in the present about like writing the rules, like doing it your way and how mm -hmm. you're tapping into that with this feminine energy. Ooh. And that's your Aries too, the bold decision maker. Leader. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So did it, so it was like an answer to whatever that question was on your heart. Absolutely. And, yeah. and the, and the reversal is, is really cool. I'm getting, I j just came to me as we were talking, um, the flip yeah. of the reverse cards, right? That is all, that is a sensation that I used to be very afraid of. And I was, I, I took gymnastics and I, you know, I was, I, I was a tumbler. I did upside down things and I was always afraid of the release of letting oh. go. And it was like, I used to be afraid of roller coasters until one day I realized you love these. Why don't you just go on roller coasters all the time? Like, what are you like? I actually love the sensation of being flipped upside down. There, uh -huh. There's a free, there's a freedom in that for me. Uh -huh. And so like, yeah, I know that's like really tangible, but that, that immediately yeah. resonated oh, I love with me that. as we were talking that like, yeah. oh, I, I need to keep, I need to keep flipping. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yes. Getting upside down sometimes in yoga, it makes me feel so much better. So yes. maybe physically Absolutely. doing that. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, Marry that. I'm sad this is coming to an end, but it <laughs> is. Oh, this was so that was fun. amazing. That was, was so amazing. So Thank you both. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Where can our amazing witchy listeners find you? Where do yes, you want please, them to go? Please find me. I'm I'm all over social media. It's all, always at Blake McIver. It's M C I V E R. So it's a little little different than the '80s television show. Um, but you can find <laughs> yeah. me there on uh, uh, f Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Blake McIver. Awesome. And then in closing, a basic blessing from each of us. This is something we're grateful for today. Any of us can start. I know mine. I'm so grateful for self-pleasure and orgasms because they can turn around your day real fast. Amen to that. <laughs> yes, flick it and it flips it. Um, <laughs> I'm so grateful for learning my cycle magic because 
I'm in my premenstrual phase and I can watch the emotions that need to come out. I can watch them bubbling and like getting angry. And then I just know to let them out because I've learned it. I'm so grateful. Mm, I love that. I am so grateful today for um, specifically live music returning to my life because I it was a void uh, during this past year and a half that was so uh, desperate and dark because I, I realized mm -hmm. that so much of my energy gets recharged through that exchange that through that actual sound waves and the 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 the, the emotional um, release of that mm -hmm. and so I've been to two concerts in the past week and it has just it's, it's reset my soul in a huge Aww. way and I'm so grateful I feel like uh, awake again oh. oh I so know the feeling beautiful yes beautiful okay fine we're ending it <laughs> Basic witches. <laughs> <laughs>